Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Podraplegics podcast. Today we have the same cast as usual, Mr. Don Price, LaRonda Hart, and Kenny Rogers himself joined us today. I mean, Eric Kenny, I'm sorry. And we have a very special guest today with a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. Today we have with us Mr. Steve Zachary. Steve is a C6, C7 quad and has accomplished a million things in his life. And uh, did I mess that up? Well, you butchered it. Well, oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, well, anyways, Steve, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I know you have a ton of things to say and a ton of things that you have done. So if you want, you can introduce yourself with the correct name and we can go from there. Okay. Well, thank you, Sean. Name is Steve Zachary, not Zachary. <laughs> just put my, name in my, my dad's going, what the hell happened to my name? Um, <laughs> I have a quad myself also, 36 years post-injury, C67 quad, originally from Buffalo, New York area. Moved out here after four years of living in the snow. Decided that I'm not doing this anymore. And I came to Arizona in 1990. So you've been here since 1990. That's that's a good thing. You said you're 36 years post, yeah? Yep, 36. So I have one question because I'm, I'm 20 years post. Um, my, my first question for you would be, have you noticed any differences over, say, 10 to 20 to 30 years of being post-injury of how you feel and some medical issues maybe that have arose? I would say first 10 years, you don't really know what's going on. You're still trying to figure out your body, I think. You're still trying to figure out what's normal, what's not normal. It took me about three years to figure out what a UTI was. My body's telling me, but I couldn't figure it out right away. But over that, I think probably the last 10 years, I just feel the aging stuff. Everything hurts. My arms hurt. You know, my shoulders hurt. Just, you know. You do, do you I deal with like, a lot of nerve pain? Um, I don't know if it's nerve pain or not. My, my butt has been burning since the very first day I sat up. So I don't think that's anything different than it was 36 years ago. So to me, it feels, yeah. feels the same. So what are, you know, I, I know you're involved in a lot of, a lot of different ventures. Um, you know, that's kind of one of the things that we do here on the show is we like to talk about some of the things that we do that are positive, you know, like things that we have accomplished that even though we have a disability, um, what are some of the things that you let, that you do, as far as work goes or in the community type of stuff? Well, work-wise, I worked for Abilities Unlimited for several years. Some of you guys may remember Bill Scott. No, Don remembers him. He was a guy who had a business. He did a lot of um, disability or accessible, accessible surveying and a lot of promotion of disability when the ADA come out, came out, come out, came out. And, um, it was one of his back office guys. He went out and did the surveys and I would help him put together the billing. And but my background is more business. I got a business degree. I mean, I've been better in the back end. And then Bill died in um, 2011, I believe. So the business kind of went away. And I started working for my sister, who's a Dr. Zakari, who's a, psycho a psychologist. And I do her back office. I've been doing that since. 2008, seven, something like that. Those are my job jobs. Then I was involved in the uh, mentoring with the Spinal Cord Association. I was part of the very first um, conference you guys ever put on. Because of spinal cord injury, when you first got your funding, you put on a you put on the national conference for I think three years on maybe first three. Right. It was before my time. I know that. Oh, 
here. Weren't you there, Price, in the first convention? Yeah, no, that sounds right. Okay. Here we had about one in Tempe and then two in Mesa. It was a national convention for Spinal Cord, and we you know, were involved in that early on. And then um, I did the mentoring with the group for a while. I'm involved in the, um, the medical school mentoring through U of A right now. That's been really interesting to work with the, the, the kids going through PTOT and uh, becoming doctors. I've been doing that for about five years now, too. I really enjoy that. I think a lot of that came from, um, I was on the governor's council for a while for spinal and head injury, about five years. And the worst five years to be on the council, that was a five years of recession hit. They cut every program we put in place. Basically, we just sitting there, who, who are we gonna whack this month? So basically my five years were very disappointing. But just before they started whacking it, we put together a program with U of A to put a curriculum course into the medical school for rehab because the students get no rehab. So we had everything ready to go, waiting for the contract to get sent over. And then the recession hit and the governor whacked all of our funds. So we launched that program. I think the mentoring came out of that. We're gonna just create it anyways, put together a program. And I'm not sure, I know John, you're probably more involved in that than I was, but it sounds like a lot of the stuff that we were gonna put in the curriculum is what they're doing now. So that's really, it's really, and I love to see that. That was great. And I was so disappointed when that program got cut. Yeah, the, uh, uh, good, huh? the mentoring program that you're talking about is the acronym is CHAMP, Community Health Mentoring Program. And they're always looking for people to become involved with that. And like you mentioned, yeah, it's a cooperation between Arizona, University of Arizona, ASU, and NAU. And uh, yeah, you get assigned. I think like six or seven medical students and you meet with them uh, probably once a month or so. And uh, oh, yeah, 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 it's about it's, it's about six weeks between every meeting. And um, I've been doing that for about five years as well. So it's really worthwhile. So if anybody's listening and wants to get involved, yes. Yeah, Sean, you should. Um, I can send <laughs> the information, but just look up or Google Community Health Mentoring Program, CHMP, CHAMP program. And um, I think you can get signed up that way. They're doing a good job. I really. It's really, yeah, it's a great program. I mean, for us, it's kind of a review every year. Because you pretty much do the same topics every year, but it's, it's a new set of kids and the questions are different. And you may have PTs, you may have med students, you may have more med students there. So that's been a real interesting. I enjoyed that. That's been really fun. You know, for me, uh, Steve, you know how every generation kind of worries about the next generation letting them down. And, you know, these kids are only playing video games and they're, you know, when, but when you meet the actual students that are in the program, you are so impressed and so reassured that these kids are really sharp and on top of things. And for me, I mean, it's been great just talking to them and, and uh, meeting the next generation of medical students. And they know more about people with disabilities than, than the doctors in our generation, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it, it gives me a, a lot of confidence moving forward. You know. yeah, they're sharp kids. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I mean, I would even say that I think they they actually care more about diversity, right? I mean, that's something that that I've seen over. Gen I mean, you know, my younger brothers. I have two younger brothers that are twenty five or twenty six years old, and you realize how much more they actually care about the differences in individuals, and they're more accepting towards that as opposed to say even my generation or you know, I mean, go five generations back to where you are, Don. And, you know, I shouldn't even laugh to tell you the truth. That, that's, I'm just digging my hole when I laugh. All right. All right, Mr. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think you're right. I think you're definitely right. And I think it's a great thing. That's a, a great program. And uh, I, I would love to be a part of it. That's for sure. You know, that's awesome. super cool. We will get you involved. 
Which your vote was great. It's a great that's something. Yeah. Ahead, that's something that I can kind of. I said that's something that I wouldn't mind getting involved in, only because you know what I'm trying to do with this whole um, Miss Wheelchair, um, you know, Arizona, trying to get it out and and um, get more young people involved in the community, um, to getting them out doing different type of things. So I think that would be something that um, I would love to do also. Let's uh, let's post a link down below here in this uh, mm -hmm. podcast. Eric and uh, Kenny Rogers can take care of that. We'll put a, a link to become I'm taking a more Michael McDonald and Kenny Rogers. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> Michael McDonald's a good Michael one. McDonald. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, another one. Kenny Loggins, <laughs> Michael McDonald. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I'm gonna have to look his picture up now. Jeez. Jeez. It's pretty good. You got a lot of aliases now, Eric. I like it. I'm everyone. Yeah. I'm everyone. What can I say? I'm everyone. You're every man. You're every man. It's too yeah. bad he don't sound. Too bad he don't sound like Michael McDonald. <laughs> Have you ever heard him sing? Uh huh. He's very like. He's he's, yeah. I'm talking about he's, Eric. Yeah. He, oh, oh no. sorry. Eric, Eric's <laughs> keyboard just like Michael McDonald and sings. That's oh, right. God. Yeah. Eric's Michael got the voice of an angel. The Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Doobie Brothers. What kind of angel we're talking about, though? That's what I want to know. He's got a voice that sounds like the mix between Fergie and Jesus. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a range. What does that even sound like? Right. That's a range. That's a... Yeah. So you know, another one of the things that you said is that you you have a business type of background. And did you did you go to college? Did you graduate? Did did you graduate college, or do you have a, a post degree? I, I, or I went to a undergrad. In 83, I graduated with a business degree. Then I got injured in 85. Between 86 and 89, I went back to grad school because I didn't have anything else to do with my life. I got a master's in a student personnel administration, which obviously I don't use today, but it was an interesting program to be a part of. I did work yeah. at the college near my hometown for a couple of years while I was going to school. So... I enjoyed that setting too. Thought that'd be a fun setting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think for me, and I, I you know I can only really speak to my experiences. Um, you know, going into a higher education programs like that uh, really helped me become more comfortable with myself and being around people. Right, like because you're you're kind of forced at that point to be around people you know um and, and it really helped me develop the sense of self that i felt like it like i like I, like it was okay like i was a normal person just like everybody else because i was able to accomplish the same things as they were if not even excel at those absolutely plus especially when you're newly injured it's a great to get your butt out in the community you know to get out there and you're poor. I was going to school in Buffalo where it was snowing and I would get stuck and people would push me out of the snow and I got to get used to asking for help and people come over to talk to you and just being really back in the community again after, because back in our day, five generations ago, they kept you in the hospital for six months and you know, it's, so you're, you're that nice cocoon of a life and then you get out in the real world and you go, oh man, this sucks. Nothing's accessible, especially Buffalo because it's so old. Because of the snow, everything is elevated because of the, the flooding. But getting into buildings was such a challenge. And thank God the college had done a lot of work to make it accessible. It's still, they have to ride around the backs of the buildings to get into some of them. But at least they did make a, an entrance somewhere away from the steps you can get in. So, but yeah, there was, was quite a learning experience right after the injury, like you said, Sean. It's good for you to get out there and be with, and be. Again, you feel a bit weird because you're the only person in a wheelchair that you see on campus. So you're the you stick out. But it was a good it was a good setting for yourself. Get your self confidence going again. Get you in a setting where you're using your brain. Yeah, and then you also get to learn that 
you know, there's, there's possibilities outside of physical things or physical limitations. Right. I mean, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I feel that I, it made me comfortable with it being okay in a chair is because I learned that there's so many other possibilities outside of running and playing basketball or hitting a baseball or, you know, doing all these things that I, I had, that was my sense of self, right? Before is my physical things that I could do or, you know, being up. But then when I actually went back, I, I understood that there's endless possibilities still, right? It's not just, oh, I can't run and play basketball anymore. Wow, my eyes are open to, I can run a business. I can be successful at many other things, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you're into the sports thing, there's enough recreational therapist in Arizona I could hook you up on here. You got Joe Crawford, who's an expert at getting people out in the community, doing sports stuff. And mm-hmm. we're really lucky in this area to have so many resources available. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of us come here. I think so too. Yep. Just I mean, I think out of all of us here, all of us here aren't from, none of us are from Arizona, are we? Are refugees? <laughs> Pretty much. I did the same thing as Steve. I was injured uh, about the same time. We're, we're pretty similar, Steve. And then I moved from Wisconsin to Arizona to get out of the snow. Absolutely. And it just wasn't functional. And uh, yeah, I've been here since 86. So again, pretty similar to you. Yeah, a couple of winters ago, snow didn't go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't know John was from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, West Bend, Wisconsin. <laughs> you, you're not going to hold that against him, are you? <laughs> oh, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So. If- <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, so my being from Minnesota is—is is there like the mud duck, cheddarhead? Actually, you gotta think that. Yeah, Minnesota. Like, where, where are you from, Don? Again, what part? Uh, just That's north of Milwaukee, West Bend. West Bend, well, yeah, West Bend, Milwaukee, and then we got what, Detroit? Me, hey, I'm from Flint. Flint, Flint, <laughs> Flint. Flint. In the house. Okay, Flint. So I mean, hey, we got a little triangle going on the choo choo train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flint really explains you, Sean. That lead in the water. That, <laughs> it all makes sense now. And now we get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and not to mention all the paint that I used to eat. So I mean, right. you know, I'm, I'm I'm full of lead. It's all coming that together. And then we got <laughs> buffalo in the house. That's right. We got buffalo. Yeah. Tell me you like buffalo wings, Steve. You got a. Oh my God, I love buffalo wings. All right. So how are the better or what? You no, no, mild. I'm a wuss. Mild or the better. Place in Arizona that that serves the best. I find, well, I guess I can't eat them anymore because fried food tears out my stomach these days. But um, I eat, there's a place on, I forgot the name of it now, Cave Creek, just north of the 101, or just south of the 101 where that Costco Plaza is. It's on the faces, Cave, Cave Creek. I'm there from Buffalo, so they make a pretty good chicken wing. Right. And they serve blue cheese dressing instead of ranch like you're supposed to. You you're right over by then. I I live right by the Cave Creek in the 101. I'm at Tatum and Shea, so yeah, I'm close to you. Yeah, I'm on I'm on 16th and uh, Beardsley. Oh, oh my God, you're right down the street from the Costco. I know, right down the street. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's, the pizza place. it's the piece of place right there in the front, facing. Uh, it's on the west side of the plaza there. Oh, pizza, pizza, and everybody meet at Shaw House. Party! Let's do he's it. Got, he's got the pool. He got, got the pool. pool. Let's make yeah. it happen. I get, I get my next, I get my final cut, co- my second COVID shot tomorrow. So, Ooh. I'm almost out of prison. I'm almost out of prison. So, Sean, how do you arrange that, if you don't mind? Uh, I, I own a, a healthcare company, so I. I'm around nurses and and aids every day, so, so it's one of those things like where 
one B is that what it is? Yeah, one B. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like my whole company, I I made everybody in my whole company go get their vaccinations uh, because you know it's just better for me. So you know that was something that we put into place to say, look, if you're gonna be around, if you're gonna you know be around high risk patients and all those kind of things, then we require it. So you know it's one of those things we get we got. Everybody, it works for me. Um, you know, all 15 employees that we have, we got them all, all mm-hmm. set up with their with their COVID vaccination. So, did, did any of them have issues with doing it? Yeah, with, yeah, with, with, with the vaccination itself, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. After the second one, so the first one, we had like I when I got my first one, you know, the, my arm really hurt and I had a headache for a half a day. Uh, but I heard from s- several of the nurses that have had their second one already that uh, you feel you don't feel the best for for a day or so afterwards. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's to be expected, right? I mean, your body is I mean, it's trying to trick your body into thinking that it's trying to build <laughs> antibodies and fight what COVID would, would be. So but it I mean, makes sense. Nothing, nothing like deadly or anything like that. That's what no, I'm not from anybody I've heard. So, which is but I, this is an interesting conversation because you know, Eric, you can you can go on with you can add, talk to Zach about or Steve about this. Sorry, I said Zachary. I was going to say Zachary. 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 And uh, yeah, you could talk to him well, about yeah, we that. Because all that one, things, so don't feel bad. <laughs> Yeah. That was one of the things that why you, uh, you you wanted to bring them on. So go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, I wanted to ask you about that. With the um, So I learned that you had COVID, correct? That's what you shared? Yeah. I had COVID. So, so you made a comment on one of our last podcasts that we should talk about that. And just so you know all the voluminous comments we get the thousands and thousands i have to repress because of all the negative views you were one of the positive ones that i actually got to keep up so (laughs) it's still up there um um but the uh you had mentioned that we should talk about policies procedures or what do you do when you have a you know, you have a disability and you have to deal with covid and you have to deal with caregivers and nurses and stuff like that what did you do? How did you, how did you proceed? What, how did you stay safe or, and keep the people around you safe? What did you, what, how, well, what was the well, procedure? Yeah, well, luckily mine was a mild case. So I didn't get violently sick. I didn't have to go to the hospital. That's I good. did test positive mm-hmm. and I had wet cough and um, aches. And um, a couple of my aides that work for me work at John C. Lincoln Hospital. So they've done some COVID. They've been exposed to COVID and so I um, got the results and I called the county line. Like, okay, how am I gonna quarantine? I'm a quadriplegic, I can't quarantine for 10 days or by myself. He said, go buy all the PPEs you can to protect them. So we get gowns, get masks, get shields. You have mm-hmm. gloves, of course I have gloves because we all have gloves. And she goes, and that's all you can do. Have double mask, put the shields on, put the gowns on. So I had to scramble to get everything. And my aides are really good about coming to work, which is really wonderful. They still mm-hmm. did come. A couple of them couldn't come. So my family jumped in and got all wrapped up in the PPEs. And I was telling you guys, you should have, you're in the season right now, you should have this stuff at home. A couple of gowns, the shield, some extra masks, and the gloves just in case. Because we're going to get exposed. People are out in the world, they're coming to our, our homes. We're, there's a chance mm-hmm. we're getting even though I don't go anywhere but work at home, you still get a chance to get like I got exposed to something. So I was just telling Eric in the in the message to let people know I have this available. And I told a couple of the other quad guys that I know, hey, get get some stuff, keep it in your house. Get a box, fill it up with this stuff and have it. If you're trying to get it in a hurry, you're not gonna be able to get it. And Amazon takes at least a day or two. You right. can get stuff. So one of my aides um grabbed some and so we were good. So I got a question. How how did you know when you first had it? I mean, what were your symptoms in the very beginning? See, I didn't think I had it. I get bronchitis every year, right about Christmas, New Year's. 
I get this wet cough. I just cough a lot. And I was achy. I'm always achy. And so I just started taking the meds because I knew was, bronchitis was coming. I went to see my doc to get some, I go to this holistic doc and he gives me a lot of herbs. I was, you know, getting some, picking up some stuff. He goes, take this case in case it's COVID. I'm like, it's not COVID. Go, go get tested. That's the same thing I have every year. Was just go get tested. And one got tested and it came back positive. Uh, Steve, you said lots of herb, right? Herbs. Oh, herbs. Okay, uh, just, just wanted to make uh, sure. Herbs, a lot of herbs too. So Steve, can I just jump in real quick? Sure. Uh, what is your like regular um, schedule? I mean, do you, you obviously use caregivers to help you get up in the morning? Yes. In the evening? I mean, yes. what is your regimen normally? So how, do they, how does this work? My regimen is they come in at 10 at night and they leave at 10 in the morning. So I get me to bed, come in with my own night care. I get me up in the morning, a shower and all the dressing and all that. Okay. And um, do you use the Medicaid program or do you use private pay? Do you use... I use uh, um, private. Okay. I was a workers' comp injury, so mine goes to workers' comp. And I've just always hired my own aides instead of using. Do you have aid. Do you have any issues through your workers' comp trying to find people who accept workers' comp one and uh, like finding people to like a company to care for to care for you, or do you privately uh, I hire? I know I had privately hire. Every time I've tried to use an agency, they have been crap, so I haven't used any. And um, my adjuster, just as long as they're certified, hire whoever you want. So, you know, I know this one agency that I hear they're pretty good, actually. Really? Uh, they which one? <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Steve, no, I, don't, I don't know what, but I just have always. Luckily, my aides have always found other aides to get to come work for me. So they know somebody or somebody they work with. So I've always been, I have this connection with John C. Lincoln Hospital because about 15 years back now, different people have just recommended somebody, recommended somebody, recommended down the line about five or six now. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting that you're, you, so you're, Oh, you're by on your own from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. is what you're saying. That's correct. That's that's interesting. That's that's cool. Yeah, once I'm up, I'm pretty pretty functional. Mm. Again, I think a lot of that goes back to the, the Stone Age when we got injured back in the day. They they made us learn all this stuff. You didn't leave rehab till you could master every all these things. I, I was cooking in the kitchen and rehab, doing laundry in the rehab, and taking care of all your stuff and I went to rehab in Philadelphia after I got hurt in South Jersey. I was at uh, McGee and Thomas Jefferson. And every Friday, we had to go to class mm -hmm. to learn about bowel care, bladder care, skin care, medication, aging, everything you saw in the, uh, the spinal cord injury you used to do with the, the, the curriculum back in the day. That all came from people like me and Ben John and Hershey and other people that went to Craig. We all put together our resources because we got her back in the 80s and gave it to Dr. Wolf and she put together the program. So basically what we what we experienced being in the hospital for six months. It was great. Great learning. You just come out knowing. And my nurses, I don't know if that was where everybody else was, but my nurses were, you have to be able to explain your care to a total stranger. So they would come in the room and what do we do now? It was just standing. You'd have to tell them everything what to do. What do I do? Now what do I do? Now what do I do? And they're really good about just standing there waiting for you to figure out what to do. And so by the time I left, I was really, really well versed in my own care. So I feel blessed in that regard. You mentioned the Craig Institute. I know I've talked to the Craig Hospital a couple of times and they are renowned for having an excellent uh, rehabilitation program. And, and anyone that is looking for rehab really good rehab program i mean is i'd put craig up towards the top uh what do you what do you think about that is that do you agree or not or well like i said i was from back east so 
I only had a couple of days at Craig to do a, a follow-up. I have heard good stuff about them all these years, and most people we know that get injured out here end up at Craig at some point. But I was in a Philadelphia is a regional spinal cord center too, back east. So mm -hmm. McGee and Jefferson are part of the regional spinal cord network now. I guess there's five in the country. They've always been a part of that. Mm -hmm. They were doing a research study back from when I got injured. Every five years, I get a call from McGee. I do this mass, massive survey over the phone with them for aging with spinal cord because they're tracking spinal cord aging issues. That's been really interesting. Talked to the same lady now for the last three, last 15 years. If you get every, every five years. If you get those uh, results or the article of what they're doing, yeah. if, if you get that information, could you send it my way? Yeah, I would like, I keep asking them for it, but they never send it to me. Like, what are you doing all this information I give you? I fill out the forms. You don't ever send me anything. Tell me, what, what are you learning? Where's the article? Yeah, where's the articles? Who's yeah. There should be a uh, professional uh, paper connected with that stuff. Good Lord. I think so. We're looking 36 years. So I've been doing this 75 years since 85. I guess they're, they're really huge on research over in Alabama, University of Alabama. So that's okay. where that's where they're doing all the major research for that's people with spinal cord injuries and stuff like that. Okay. So Steve, can I can I just ask uh, how how was your experience with COVID? Do you have any chronic <laughs> ailments that are hanging in there? Um, any recommendations for those of us that are people with quadriplegia or with disabilities? I, um, like I said, I was really, really lucky that I had a, such a mild case, but mm -hmm. again, I go to a holistic doctor and I take mm -hmm. a massive amount of holistic medicine stuff, herbs and root stuff, and they all taste like dirt to me, but uh, you know, they have this whole regimen. What kind of they, stuff, if you don't mind, I mean? Um, the names of the, the stuff I'm taking is called Vicalin. Um oh. Immune, I have no idea how to spell it. I'm at work, right in front of me, I can spell it for you. Immunopad by calendars. God, I should remember writing this down. There's two other ones. And I take uh, these drops called Wise Judge and Dispel Invasion. I've been taking this. And you think that, what, that helped? That helped? Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. That he gives people going into the winter, especially with COVID. Mm -hmm. He always gave me a winter regimen. He goes, so just before I got COVID, he said, just in case you get it, keep all this stuff at home and take all these things. So I started doing that. Maybe you I can email this to us later and uh, we can put it yeah. up. Or yep, I can get you the list. Like, tell him, but you got to get well, it through a doctor. You can't buy it online. You got to buy it through a. You know, we're not doctors here, but it's interesting to hear what kind of things yeah. that helped you or you feel helped you. Yeah, I. Right. I think I had the money harder on me than COVID was. Yeah, I take um that's I take um I have a holistic um doctor that I go to um that I basically see and I got that other stuff that you was talking about. Like I do like black sea moss, I do um the silver something something drops and um elderberry. Elderberry. So elderberry, yeah. Yeah, I do a I do a lot of that and it does it tastes horrible because um, oh, yeah. I, 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 I have a history with antibiotics. So I was trying to do more natural, um, natural things, put good things in my body. So I think that, and, and since I've been doing it, I mean, it's, it, it, it is costly though. So I think that's another thing that, you know, I will always tell people because, you know, just the one bottle, bottle the, the jar of the stuff that you were saying, the first one, I have that, I bought that and that oh. was $60. And yep. it only lasts 30 days. Holy cow. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my holistic doctor has given me much different herbs. Really? <laughs> much. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It might end in Barry, but it doesn't start in Elder. <laughs> yes, Dr. Marley. I'll overshot. <laughs> Yeah. No, but I think that's a great thing to talk about because you, I think all of you are very correct in the fact that 
you know, being uh, proactive in your health as opposed to reactive is is a big thing for people who have disabilities of all kinds, right? I mean, we're 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 always taking antibiotics, you know, it's something that's part of our life. We're getting UTIs, all these different things. Mm-hmm. But if you can do something, even if it's the D manos that we talk so much about all mm-hmm. the time, or even if it's some of the elderberries or other fish oils, vitamin C, vitamin D, all these things that you can do to try to stay proactive and on top of what your health is, is going to help you recover faster. It's going to help you try to, you know, stay off of as many antibiotics as possible. I think it's a, a, a very interesting topic and I'm glad you guys brought it up. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, you know, don't, deal with- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, the Go one ahead. thing that's sad about it is that our insurance don't pay for it. And, right. you know, it's like that they want to keep us with injecting us with a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Instead of giving us the option to say, you know, can we try something more natural, you know, um, the insurance. And that's the sad part because, you know, a lot of people with disabilities are on limited income, you know, and, and things of that nature. And like I said, I know for myself, it's, it's, it's expensive. I thank God that I was blessed to be able to afford it. But, you know, um, back in the days, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, afford it. I would have had to go to a regular doctor where my, where my insurance will pay for. They don't pay for holistic, um, holistic care. So you have to pay for a lot of that out of your own pocket. Yeah, Absolutely. Steve, I'll let you go in just a second. I, I'll let you get answered what she said. But you know, I'm I'm in the middle of uh, some litigations and all these different things with uh, with my insurance company right now, and in in the middle of some of our talks they literally said it's cheaper for us if you die mm-hmm. and so it's like if you if you start to think in your mind that that's how they view you as a number and this is how much it's costing us every year you live and realistically we don't want that number on there anymore it's just cheaper for you to die yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you know, like what, what world are we living in? But I guess that that's our world, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry. I sorry to throw that just uh, <laughs> extremely downer into this uh, conversation. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, but that's the reality of it. You know, I mean, hey. that's that's the truth. And, you know, we got to look at the reality of it because that's just the truth of it. You know, it's people aren't going to say to our face, you know, we want you to die. But the truth is the insurances are going to view us like a burden to them because we take their money, which insurance companies, believe it or not, they never want to give you money. Really? Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Steve, I've known Steve for a long time. He's, first of all, he's a hell of a cribbage player. We've uh, had a number of cribbage tournaments. Oh, what? Yeah, we, we need to do that again, by the way. You're hey, age you better, yourself, guys. You're aging yourself by saying the word I, cribbage. You better I, invite I, me to this one because I'm I'm all in. So What well, is it? It's a, it's a card, card game. game. It's a kind mm-hmm. of a Midwestern card game. But, um, Steve, I know you're an active guy. You're involved with your church. You drive a, a, an adaptive vehicle with hand controls. So I'm wondering what you've been finding for mental health reasons for social interaction uh, during these times. Are you able to get out and do things or what are you doing to stay active? Um, I don't really go. I used to be way more active, obviously. I don't really do the, I haven't been to a restaurant over a year. I haven't been to a grocery store in about a year. Thank God for Fry's pickup. Um, I was trying to avoid that. I do a lot of... um, like Zoom stuff with um, groups through my church. I'm involved in a program there. We finished up our program last year on Zoom because of, because of COVID. And that was rather interesting to have 40 people in a Zoom and try to control that environment. And that was fun. Was that like hurting kittens? The summer, just got involved with different groups at church. And we just do Tuesday night thing, uh, Thursday night. We have little Zoom sessions and staying in touch with people. And of course, you know, there's always 
I walk crazy. Walking around, you know, taking a little stroll around the neighborhood and talking to your neighbors again. Like you did when you were a kid, you know, you know all the neighbors. I don't know anybody in my neighborhood. Now I do. Mm -hmm. So there's there's some positive from this. There's some positives from it. It's been good. Like I said, it's been hard. I'd rather be out. I'm a big ASU volleyball fan. I'm really bummed not to be able to watch them play live. But they are Zooming the game, so I've been watching the games on, you know, live stream. So I, I miss that. That's always been my I want my own big outlet is really, really involved with over there at ASU. Can you can I, go ahead, Eric. Uh, I just want to before before we uh, get too far, I wanted to touch on one thing. Um, I uh, have heard that you have broken your leg recently, and you didn't really feel it, but your leg, your body was telling you, or uh, describe what that's like. Ha having no feeling in your leg, and like you know. People should know that, you know, when you have a disability, your calcium leaves your bones and your bones become much more easier to break. Like I know someone that just shifted themselves one time and their leg broke. Okay, so so it's much easier. But regale us with how you found out you had a broken leg. How graceful I was in my, uh, well, actually I did it here at work. I am, um, I'm in a permobile chair, wheelchair now. This is the first time I've been in this chair, this type of chair. And um, Katie from PT, for her last name Banner, said, got to be careful transferring and make sure you move your feet because you could break an ankle in this chair because your feet, will, your feet don't swivel because they're so locked into these pedals. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right, whatever. I've been in the chair for 36 years. I've hit my leg several times and never damaged it. But this chair doesn't let your foot slide with you when you connect it in the doorway. You catch it on a desk for... To catch it on a corner. I caught it on the desk and I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I felt the twinge go up my leg. I'm like, I'm going to be black and blue tomorrow about that one. But then I started to sweat. I sweat on the left side of my head. That's my, that's my trigger. Something is wrong. Like, well, I'll give it a couple days and just see. Because usually it's you sprain your leg and it turns black and blue and you know. But I didn't feel the break. I didn't even hear it break, actually. I broke a bone as a kid, and I remember hearing that. And um, so by, it was a Friday night on my way out of here, I did that. So Monday, I went and got an x-ray. And when the x-ray people will tell you don't leave the room, that's usually a bad sign. <laughs> so your, your autonomic dysreflexia kicked in? Was it all weekend? No, it's been, but it hasn't stopped since. I'm still sweating a month later. <laughs> wow. I kicked in and um, so the radiologist said, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I went, oh, I'm not going to the hospital right now. What are they going to do? I didn't go. So I went back and saw my doc who was in the same building. He said, go see this ortho guy. So I called these ortho people who were COVID reductions. We're not taking a lot of clients and patients in as quickly. So I had to wait for a couple of days to get in and um, I saw the x-ray and I broke both bones to mm. the end of it, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So did they, did they put you in a cast? That's, I heard that's one of the problems. So the first, yeah, the first thought was, yeah, the first thought, well, you're a quad and you're not going to be mobile on it. So maybe a cast that'll help it heal and we don't, we don't have any weight bearing. We don't have to worry about you damaging it anymore. So I was in a cast for a week. And I went back for the follow-up. He said, eh, it looks worse. So we're going to do surgery. So last Friday, I had surgery. Mm. They put wow. a pin in to the, the big bone and then a couple of screws and pulled the bone in place. So that was course, last Thursday? That was last Friday. Oh, last Friday? Um, a week ago, Friday. So about 10 mm. days ago. The fifth, you yeah. recovered well, well? And so again, I was just starting to stop sweating Right up to that point, and now they cut your knee open, your knee swells up like a giant watermelon. My mm -hmm. leg looked like a calf, and my, I mean, my thigh looked like a watermelon. It blown up. So now I'm still sweating from, I think, fat now. Now the swelling is going down. I think it'll be another week or two before the dysreflexia finally 
you know, calms down. But thankfully, it's not even affecting my blood pressure. It's just the sweating. So that's a sign for us squads. Yeah. Out there. I was going to ask you, did you use any night? Do you new, do you use any like nitro bid or nitro paste or anything like that for times in which you have dysreflexia, Beth? Like I would, I've only had dysreflexia when I was in the hospital for the weather, the blood pressure went crazy. I've never had that since. So huh. it's been about 35 years since I had a episode with the blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about broken bones. You guys want to go to go into story time here or what? Uh, oh, you got, got a story? Got He's a one-upper. He's a one-upper. Okay. Yeah. I got one for you if you want to hear it. I did. Oh, I've, I've, broken, I've broken bones. Too. I broke it. So one night I was, let's just say, uh, having a couple soda pops. Um, and I was wheeling home. And I had my chair on full speed. You know, and, I, and look, I was... I have way too many soda pops. Uh -huh. uh, and so I was, I was wheeling down and I hit this bump in my chair mm -hmm. and my foot fell off the footrest and my toe oh. dug into the sidewalk. So you know how I look. And my chair bah, hits it and oh. stops my chair. So my foot bent completely backwards. Oh, you're making snap. me cringe. Like, Come on, Sean. I was like, who cares? Oh, it's not God. a big deal. Went what? home, laid down, and my aide was like, dude, this is bad. And I was like, now it's not. I don't feel a thing. <laughs> and so I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning, and I didn't even remember I did it. So I woke up the next morning and I looked down and my foot was like seven times the size of what it was. And I was like, what is that? And my, and my, uh, <laughs> and my wow. was like, dude, <laughs> I think it's time to go to the hospital. And I was like, eh, I guess oh, so. Jesus. And when I went there, the guy goes, well, what are you going to do? Walk around on it? And I was yeah, like, no. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> didn't do anything. I think, Sean, any of us with quadriplegia that don't have feeling that in our lower half, it probably have some broken toes from pushing through doors and yeah. running into things. I mean, I'm sure I do if I x-ray my feet. Uh, but like you said, you know, I'm not, I'm not tap dancing. I'm not walking on them. Uh, there's really nothing they would do for that. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've done it over the years. But yeah, it sounds like you did a good job, Steve. Yeah, it was a... Uh... Yeah. It was lovely. So, yeah. as long as you don't have the dysreflexia badly enough to where it sends your blood pressure skyrocketing to where it's yeah. affecting, maybe right. possibly have stroke or stroking out, yep. then you know. So, and I, I've known I people recommend you contacting a doctor. Yeah, I recommend that. Have your blood pressure get that wacky. Yeah. Go see your doctor. Dysreflexia mm. is, yeah, that's some serious stuff. So, yep. so. you got to be. I don't think they teach them that. Either. That's not the. You know, that's one of those words that'll, um, you know, we'll get new injuries that'll call the association, and I'll say, "Do you know anything about, you know, dysreflexia?" And there, I didn't even hear about dysreflexia until I started in the organization. To be honest with you, so oh, wow. Yeah, I went my whole life, and I didn't know why. Like sometimes I'd get these really bad headaches, or like certain parts of my body would really start sweating. And I'm a para, but <laughs> I, I'm sure I still get it. You know, I mean, it's certain mm -hmm. aspects, just like, I just get these little patches of skin that just get super sweaty, you know, when, when I put mm -hmm. myself on. So. Mm -hmm. And I think it's different for most people too, you know, like, I think, uh, you know, that's one thing that we talk a lot about on the show is, is mm -hmm. you need to learn your body and you need to learn to listen to your body and answer their calls because if your body's starting to feel different or or strange or weird or you're getting hot you're getting sweaty you know you're, you're feeling uncomfortable your blood pressure seems to go up you got headaches even something as simple as extreme congestion i mean that is a sign of dysreflexia i mean there's there's mm -hmm. multiple signs of this mm -hmm. and your aides and your nurses all need to be 
trained in what to do on that as well. And that's something that you need to know and you need to be able to train them. I know every nurse I've ever had or eight I've ever had, they've never heard of it. So you have to explain to them and tell them the symptoms and the signs and help them understand it too. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good point, Sean. Absolutely. Um, I just have one more question for Steve. I know we're running short on time, but Steve, your sister Annette is um, well known in the spinal cord community for all that she does. Do you mind just talking a little bit about what she does and maybe a little, a little plug on her business? Well, well the business is the Collier and Associates. She is more. She was a head injury social uh, worker back in when I got hurt in the eighties. She was working at a rehab hospital in New Jersey for head injury. So she's already in pretty well versed in rehab. And she had moved every reason I came out here because she came out here a couple of years before I did. And she started working in the rehab here and got heavily involved in the Brain Injury Association. And I think she was the president, like you, twice forever for five or six years of that, that council or that board. And um, she does a lot of her specialty with her clients is head injury. So we do a lot of work with um, TBI here at this office, a lot of people coming through and She's been doing this now on her own since 2002. That, uh, neuropsychology, is that the proper? Well, she's a psychologist now. She finished up her PhD and she does a lot of work with uh, cognitive therapy, a lot of getting uh, people back into the, the regimen, especially the TBI world. You know, there's a lot of that, just getting them into some type of routine that really makes that, their life a little bit, and their family's life a little more easy. And that's not an easy thing to do either. Well, that's a tough. Yeah, that's, that's tough. I'm glad I'm a, so I'm glad I'm on the back end because I don't think I could be doing her part of the job. Okay, that's a little too hard for me. Tell your sister I might be over there in a couple weeks. <laughs> I think yeah, I need some cognitive therapy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, tell Annette I know Sean, so she can't refer him over to me. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's a pretty amazing person, and you're lucky to have her. It, does she ever help you out if you need assistance? Yeah, she's actually one of my caregivers, too. She cool. helps out. I have a variety of caregivers, and she's one of them, too. She's my emergency backup, too. Yeah. I, family <laughs> is a is a major yeah. part, man, right? I mean, family plays so much of a part. So, yeah. I guess mm -hmm. I haven't really, really worked with with my injury, where I got hurt, what I've been through, and having a worker's comp case makes life a little bit easier. You do have a little bit more um, available to you than you do if you're stuck on um, access. Yep. Yeah. Amen. It's the yeah. same thing with me. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I use the access program. And yeah, it's you're always worried about your income, you know. Um, so you got to jump through this hoop, got to jump through that hoop to, you know, make sure that you don't somehow mess up the program. It's, it's very challenging to do that. Can be done. I've mm -hmm. used it for years, but um, yeah, I mean, sounds like you have a, a good situation and that's great. I didn't, I didn't understand that when I first got hurt. They kept telling me, you're happy. Just be happy your workers comp injury. Like what the hell's the difference? So it's just trust me. Down the road, you'll understand. Yeah. And down the road, I'm like, yeah, I get it now. Yeah. Really lucky. Yeah, same thing with me. I'm an auto and I'm an auto no fault from Michigan. So, I mean, you know, it's like you, I feel, I feel blessed every day to know that my care will always be taken care of in some way or another. I don't ever have to worry about that. And it's a, it's a very good, very good thing. And I always feel, I think, uh, that brings me up to the idea of and we should do a whole episode of with don and loranda talking about how that works and, and i think eric i think you deal with that stuff a little bit too i mean access and how you can go about still having a job but still getting your care and all those different things I mean, those are very very important things for people's lives you know yes it is one of those ticket to work um social security people are I'll explain that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, freedom to work too. 
Uh, yeah, come to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those two programs are are pivotal to getting back into the work world, and then um, also um, uh, voc vocational rehabilitation. Those those right. three are are mm -hmm. linchpins to helping you to get what you need to go to move right. forward. Right, and then like with me with Social Security, we deal with we deal with uh, eighteen nineteen B cases. And that's where that we um, people are not eligible for a payment, but they have high medical. Um, they have their medical is so high that we just keep them in a non-pay status but um, active status, so they can continue to receive their access. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, these are these are all so many things. Like, there's so much that goes into that. Yeah. And I, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I have some experience as far as what is income and staying on, you know, disability and Medicare, but you guys have a wealth of experience and knowledge when it comes to how to be able to get through those when you're first starting, you know, I mean, when you're maybe when you're first injured or maybe if you don't even understand what you're doing right now and you just want to work and get back into life. Um, I think that would be an awesome thing for us to talk about. In another episode for sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, all right. I think we're running short on time here. Um, I want to go I'll do a roundtable of anything anybody wants to say or ask Steve that they haven't had a chance to ask or just say in general. I'll start with Mr. Eric Kenning, aka Kenny Rogers, aka Michael McDonald, aka. Yeah, you're Highway to the danger zone. <laughs> wow, we're building them up. Um, so, uh, well, Steve, um, you know, I, I, and maybe I'm digging in a big conversation hole, but relationships, any advice? Oh, man. Well, I um, was married for a couple of years. Are you shaking your head, Lorraine? And it was, um, it's, it's a challenge having, um, living, living with, I mean, by, for her, especially living with somebody who has a disability and who has people in their home a lot. And that's a real challenge. And that was, that was a difficult moment for us. And, but, um, I think there's people out there that if you want to get out there and date and get out there in the world, you know, there's people out there and put yourself out there and see what happens. Yeah. I'm with you. It is very difficult. It is a very difficult situation, yeah, especially if yep. you have caregivers yep. and family around and all these different things. Not only does the person have to be able to get along with you, but they have to be able to get along with five to seven or eight to 10, however many you have other right. people and then deal with your schedule. And then also on top of that, deal with a disability. There's so many hurdles to jump through. And it's not, I mean, we don't say this to discourage anybody listening. It's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to say is that it is very difficult, but there are people who are willing to be part of that. It's right. just, I think transparency is a very big key when it comes to that. And, and we're not talking open. about devotees, right? No. Talking about real relationships. And yeah. Just it's just that you have the transparency of this is my world. This is what it's like. And there's not a whole lot I can do to change this world. But you yeah. know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. There's yeah. people out there who have had successful long marriages and disabilities, and some will have it. So it's just a matter of like any dating world, right? Just finding the right match. What's the divorce rate in this country? 60%? That's able-bodied? Oh, yeah. It's, and that's, that's able-bodied, yeah. So, you know, yeah. we may fall in the same categories. Yeah, you, you put all those other factors in there, and it becomes it becomes right. a very difficult thing, that's for sure. But as far as devotees go, I do accept emails, um, <sighs> but I may not respond, but I do accept emails. <laughs> but with the email must come a picture and a bio. I knew that. <laughs> I would love to have a show where we're just talking about those pictures. Just be like, we got this one and this one and this one. 
That'd be well, awesome. I think me and LaRonda could go could could go on for about, for about hours <laughs> of the stuff we get. Well, LaRonda, <laughs> hey, LaRonda may have a potential. Oh. Hey now. Oh, really? We yeah. doing it in. Uh, set, set, set the hook, Set the hook. I'm working on it. Hey now. Somebody's a lucky man, that's for sure. LaRonda. <laughs> You're up next. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and, and just appreciate all the things that you do. It's like an eye-opener for me. Um, I'm always learning from everybody that we bring on the show. So I just want to thank you just for being so open and sharing your experience with us. My pleasure. Mr. Don Price. Yeah, well, I want to thank Steve for coming on as well. I'm glad you are feeling better. And, you know, you're one of the first quads that I know that, you know, has gone through the COVID thing. So I think there's so many people that are scared. You're a good example that, you know, you can't get through it. And um, it's been a long year. You you and I and Gary Hershey, we, we're used to going out for beers. We haven't done that. Oh. So it's good to see you at least on Zoom. I know. It's a lot of time. I haven't seen you guys in forever. So, uh, Steve, on a scale of one to ten, right now, well, how are you feeling health-wise? Health-wise, well, you take the broken bone, I feel pretty good, but still kind of feeling kind of crappy with that, and the amount of sweating and always being wet, just the whole side of your. So it was really nice. It took the week off after surgery, and it was sunny that week, so I just spent a lot of time sitting in the sun, drying up my shirts, and so right now I probably. I think what back is done, I'll probably be in that. Well, we had this aging issue, so we always kind of feel like, you know, we're getting, well, we're getting up there now, and things hurt that didn't used to hurt. Yeah. Okay. Where'd, that, where'd that pain come from? That's new. Uh, yep. So, yeah, we're uh, entering into a new decade this year, so we're getting up there. Well, hang in there, and thanks for coming on. Hey, it was fun. Good to see you again. You as well. Yeah. And, and I will say, uh, along with everybody else, it, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Steve. Zakari. There you go. Got it. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. I learned, I learned a lot, you know, and I think that's what, uh, that's what this show is for. That's what we do this mm -hmm. show for. If we can learn something, then and anybody listening can learn something. Um, I learned about some programs that I didn't know of. I learned about uh, you in general. And I learned, again, the same way with all most of our other guests is what is I learned that there's life past being in a chair. Being in a chair does not define you. You prove that, Steve. You moved on with your life. You do. You're successful in what you do. And you have other interests and all those, you know, you live, you're living your life and the chair is not what defines you. And I, I think that is a major, major uh, fact that, that I like to get across. And I think we all like to get across in what we're trying to do. So I appreciate you coming on. Motor transportation. That's all it is. Thank you. That's right. We exactly. appreciate you. And anytime that you want to come back on and talk about anything else, you're more than welcome. Well, thank um, you, Jim. Thank you. We appreciate your comments and the likes and the listens. Your That's positive comments, up. by the way. Positive, positive comments, by the way. Yes. 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 Yeah. Negative I mean, ones. It's a burst. My Harry Carey episode got some pretty negative ones. So let's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that one. I love that one. I've seen a few of them. I've seen a few of the shows over the That's years. Good. Yeah. I don't know sure how I even found it. You all of a sudden it just popped up on my screen one. Like, is that that price? Like, holy crap, that's price. So I then had to pull it up and look at it. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's good. I have my own debut. Well, hopefully you spread the word. And uh, if anybody else wants to listen, you can find it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. Am I missing something here? Azspinal.org. Azspinal.org forward slash podcast. 
And you can call Eric at the same number I told you to call him last time. And believe me, he likes those two, three, four AMers. Those are his Love favorite it. calls. Love it. Love it. And if you're gonna sue anybody, it's gonna be Don because Eric ran out ran out of money after I pulled my Harry Carey episode and he got sued. <laughs> so anyways, I think that's our show. We appreciate you listening. Thank you again to Steve. Thank you again to Eric, LaRonda, and Don. We'll be back next week or the week after. Peace. Peace to the Middle East. <laughs>